definitely had 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 the pronunciations spelled yeah. out for him very yeah, clearly. Because there is no way that that LL Cool J knows who Nico Hulkenberg is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Revved Up Podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you choose to get your podcast. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe, rate and review us. My name is Marwan Osman. I'm joined by the one and only Edgar O'Neill. Edgar, what's going on, man? You know, I'm uh, I'm excited. We got race five out of Miami, really Miami Gardens. Um, it's on a 3.3 mile track or 5.4 kilometers for those Europeans. 57 laps underway. First race 2022, fastest laps that Max Verstappen at a 1.3, 1.361. Podium, obviously Verstappen, Leclerc, and Sainz. But that was last year. Now we need to get into this year. Yeah. And honestly, before we get into this year's race, let's talk about going into this race. What, for me personally, I'll, I'll go ahead and start, kick this off, right? The biggest thing that I was watching was Sergio Perez. You know, can he actually build off of last week? Can he continue to apply some pressure to his teammate, Max Verstappen? Um, I was honestly really interested. And after qualifying, I I got my hopes up. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Uh, I saw, you know, we had the the issue with Charles Leclerc um, ending the qualifying session, which yeah. we may, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit possibly later in the episode. But no, with Max starting in P9 and Sergio starting in P1, I was I was really intrigued by this. And um, my my hopes were dashed, but let's we'll talk about that later. Going into this race, what what was uh, what were you looking out for? Um, I was just enthralled by the pre-show, um, because they just they just went bonkers. Like I understand that it was like Miami, and they were trying to do do it big and spectacle. But some of the new things that they added, um, Will I Am debuted a new song. Um, I believe it was called the Formula. Um, and while he was debuting this new song, at the same time, they had a Masters of Ceremonies by the name of LL Cool J um, announce all 20 drivers and have them walk past them. And it starts off incredibly awkward with Logan Sargent being the first one, uh, goes up to Mr. J, uh, shouts into the microphone, let's he- feel that energy, America. To be fair, I don't know if the fans screamed, but on the TV, we heard nothing. And then after that, no other drivers go up to LL Cool J. <laughs> Except for Hamilton, who gives him a hug. Okay, but, so... Besides that, like, it was afterwards was Nick DeVries, and so Mr. Muppet, like, came walking out, and just, like, it was so awkward. So I've I've never once felt the need to watch a, a pre-show, and, he, and now I honestly feel like I missed out though yeah. uh, just well uh, it sounds like I'm, i made the right choice here because i can't i can't deal with that level of cringe oh it but, was so cringy okay but i actually might have to to go and force myself to rewatch this pre-show um but yeah how did how did ll cool j do with the pronunciations honestly really well but also because him and will i am whenever they were talking were just reading off of the cards oh, oh they <laughs> no attempt to look up they were yeah. just they definitely had 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 the pronunciations spelled yeah. out for him very yeah, clearly because there is no way that that LL Cool J knows who Nico Hulkenberg is. You got a joke on on you. I messed up there, but he killed it. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, maybe 
Actually, I shouldn't make assumptions. LL Cool J could be a big F1 fan. We don't know. You yeah, know, this could have yeah. been a dream come true for him. Moving on, though, we had an actual race to watch after LL Cool J and Will I Am got off stage. Uh, we saw Max Verstappen take the win, Perez and Fernando Alonso, followed by George Russell and Carlos Sainz. So, overall, an impressive performance from Max Verstappen. And you know, I I said I had my my hopes dashed by Sergio Perez, but uh, he did put together an impressive yeah. performance too. I got to give him I got to give him his his credit there. But uh, let me just ask you, uh, big picture, uh, the Miami Miami Grand Prix, the circuit itself, and the race that we just got. What did you think? Um, I was like, I first was going to tell you it was entertaining, but moment of honesty, I think it was around like lap 32. I was cuddled up with my dogs and my eyes did close, but like just for a second, just for a second. Was it Thanos or, or, oh yeah, it was both of them. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I had both of the dogs. So that like, I feel like that is my excuse for it because it was just too much comfort. Um, but I still think, I think it was better than last year at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, In terms of like the track itself, um, I saw that they shortened um, some DRS zones, uh, but I liked it more than last year. And I feel like just from a couple of the things that the drivers said, I felt like the drivers did too. And you know what, for a race that had no DNFs, no, no, for a race that went as smoothly as it did, I honestly thought it was fairly entertaining. Um, Well, did you uh, uh, hear the DNF stat? What's the DNF stat? This was the 14th uh, race in F1 history where there were no retirements. Wow, look at that. We are, we are making history here. Um, but no, when you, when you take that into account, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say entertaining. It was, I guess, more interesting. Um, yeah. I felt, I felt kind of similarly after the Bahrain Grand Prix here. It was more so inter- interesting just to see how it unfolded versus mm-hmm. you know, the race itself being entertaining. It turned into a tire strategy battle that we saw with, you know, some of them starting out on hards, switching to mediums. And then I think most of them started on mediums and switched to hards, which, uh, you know, I, it turned out the the hard to medium was the way to go. Uh, yeah. Can't tell if that's because Verstappen is just, you know, so dominant or if it was actually the right strategy. But even Lewis Hamilton himself, we saw him, you know, take that, take the medium tires. I think it was around when did he when did he switch it was a lap lap 39 he had his his pit stop uh came out in p13 and just after that just kind of cruised past everybody that was ahead of him uh we'll talk a little bit about lewis hamilton coming up um but no i think this the tire strategy itself was um was fun to watch now you said the miami circuit itself it's here to stay we can't we can't say it we can't we can't you know can't wish it gone because that's yeah. not going to do anything but overall you where would you where would you rank this circuit uh better than spain okay wow yeah spain <laughs> is my least favorite I, I, spain is always so boring to watch oh well that's coming that's right around the corner i think yeah. so yeah. yeah come at me spain <laughs> uh it's okay and we don't have it no one from spain listens to this show right yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> Carlos Sainz might be watching very furious right now. Yeah, we just lost Carlos Sainz. Oh, man. Man. But, but not, not Alonzo. Alonzo would like that we were honest. <laughs> but so I've had, so with this circuit itself, um, it's okay. You know, I think it's middle of the road, honestly. Um, I, I've had a year to sit with this. 
and I'm still not over the fake body of water that they're throwing out there. Um, yeah. I I just don't get it. Well, no, it makes perfect sense. Actually, it's it's in a way a homage to Miami, uh, okay. the city that's kind of built off plastic surgery and Ponzi <laughs> schemes. Oh my it, God! It kind of I think was this is maybe Formula One's way of paying homage to Miami by throwing a little bit of fakeness in there into the circuit um, with with the fake body of water. Uh, yeah, that is that is beautiful. That, that is a right there. <laughs> that shot from last year, the reporter just standing doing the report from the uh, from the water itself is just ingrained in my mind, and I've had a year to sit on it and think about it, and it's I'm still not over it. But no, overall, it's an okay track. It's a street circuit, quote unquote. Yeah. I think it's it's a, more parking of a parking lot, parking lot <laughs> yeah. circuit. Yeah, that yeah. might be the appropriate uh, way to describe it there. But yeah, it's not going anywhere. I think I saw a, a stat last year where the owner of Hard Rock Stadium, um, mm -hmm. Stephen Ross, he makes more money. Uh, he's also the owner of the Miami Dolphins. He makes okay. more money off of one weekend of the F1 event in Miami than a season of Miami Dolphin home games. So it's clear that this is not going anywhere. Uh, yeah. you, you can see why this is a big cash cow for the owners of these stadiums who push very hard to have this event brought down here. But no, it's a it's also a spectacle, you know, here in here in the great US of A. Um, of course, we we like to do things big, I guess. And, you know, the stars were out down in Miami. So take that into consideration and overall i mean they they try and dress it up but it's an okay track and yeah. we got a decent race out of it i'd say no so but let's let's forget about the track itself let's talk about the action that we got uh max verstappen in p1 what did you think of max verstappen's performance um i thought it was good um what did I like, so he didn't make up as many places in Saudi Arabia because he started from, what, 15th or 14th there? Uh, 15th. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so, and he won, so he made up 14 places. He so, got he got P2 in Saudi Arabia. Oh, he got P2 in Saudi yeah, Arabia. Yeah, Sergio. My bad. That's why I think Miami was a more impressive drive is because he won in Miami versus Checo still won in Saudi. Hmm. Well, so before I get into that, I got to say, so I'm not a huge Max Verstappen fan myself. Mm. Not that I have really anything against him. You know, yeah. he's cool, I guess. Kind of yeah. boring, I guess. But uh, just watching him just carve through the field like yeah. that is it's honestly a thing of beauty. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. he, we saw it earlier in Saudi Arabia. Um, but no, just I guess if we are going to compare the two, like I said, last in the last race, he Max Verstappen was like Thanos carving through the Avengers in Infinity War, you know, that end scene, that the iconic scene. Of course, you know it. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it just reminds me of it. I don't know why, just the way he's. No, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that, that oh, he yeah. does that. But not the, also that that double overtake that he had on Leclerc and, Ma and Magnuson. Yeah, Magnuson. Yeah. That was, that was just a work of art. So I, honestly, that alone, like we were talking about the race being entertaining, mm -hmm. uh, that just watching that, even though it lasted about, it was the first 10 laps, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I actually, I think this one was more impressive than Saudi Arabia. Uh, it was less spots to overtake, but in Saudi Arabia, he got a little bit of help from the safety car. Not that he needed it, right? Mm -hmm. But he did get it. Um, and then we saw him just, you know, get stuck behind Sergio there. But this one, it was, it was all him. He honestly made it look effortless. And then, of course, the, uh, the tire situation, 
the tire strategy battle at the end. What is honestly kind of interesting because uh, they said this on on the announcement uh, on the on the call. Uh, Max Verstappen was constantly getting updates on how Sergio was doing, uh, but Sergio oh. was was not getting much from his team. And I don't know if it was Sergio just wasn't asking or if um, mm. Max was just asking all the questions. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, something something that made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. But no, nah, so I think Max Verstappen played it beautifully with the with the hard tires, the way he was able to manage those for as long as he did. And then eventually switched to mediums and just it was a wrap after that. Mm-hmm. Right, once once I saw him come out like, what was it about a second, second and a half behind Sergio? I was like, all right, yeah, this one's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, overall great performance from Max and even a great performance from Sergio Perez. Yeah, and but spinning out of that because we did talk about how he took the did the du- double overtake on K Mag and Leclerc. Mm-hmm. I want to give K Mag some flowers today. He was fighting with them. Yeah, he, he ended ten, so we got some points for Haas today. Points, yeah. I mean, goes well for my earlier prediction mm-hmm. of Haas just taking, taking it this season. Weird, weird that we give credit to someone who lost six places, but still, you know, he was fighting. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's it was expected, even though he started yeah. P four. I didn't expect yeah. him to hold on to that. So the fact that he was able to fend off Lance Stroll, Valt- Valtteri Bottas. Um, you know, that's a win for him. Good for Kevin Magnuson. Good for K Mag. You can defend. I want to give you flowers. Okay. Yeah. And we actually, I've realized we do a lot of that, like that specific action. We give flowers a lot. I I think it's happened every episode where we, we've decided we need to give flowers to somebody. And today is Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Uh, finishing the points. Uh, but moving on Max Verstappen got the win. He's now Mm -hmm. at. 119 points on the season uh, compared to second place Sergio Perez at 105. Let me just ask you this real quick. What do you think of this battle going forward? Is it is it a wrap? I don't think it's a wrap. I hope it's not a wrap. I more hope it's not a wrap than think it's not a wrap. Wrap. Unwrapped. Um, yeah, it's unwrapped right now. Mm-hmm. At least I hope. Because I did was a little upset because technically a street circuit so I guess the king of the streets just got dethroned. Parking um, lot circuit. We parking we're not circuit. giving them street circuit yeah. on that. So I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens uh, when they go to Italy next uh, next race. Yeah. So like I don't I said, think this was a nail in the coffin for his uh, shot at uh, the WC. WC. You know, there's a there's still a long ways to go. We gotta we can't acknowledge we can't just overlook that. Um, but I I personally, you know, going into this, I said I was. I was hopeful, mm-hmm. feeling a little less hopeful now. Um, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, but now it's just Max Verstappen is the most dominant driver right now in the, on the grid, mm-hmm. racing in the most dominant car. Uh, you combine those two, it Sergio himself is a very capable driver, and you know I hate to do this to him, but replace Sergio with just about anybody else in the top ten. Do you think they're also sitting at second place right now? Uh, top yeah. 10 might be. Yeah, no, might I'm be. looking at the top ten right now, but like currently, maybe not Lance Stroll. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe top seven, the current yeah. top seven right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I mean that's it's not really fair right. to to do that to him at yeah. all. It adds nothing to the discourse. But uh, you know, it's just 
Sergio himself is a very good driver, but I'm sure all of them looking at him are also feeling like, hey, uh, that that could be me so easily. But yeah, I, I was always surprised by his Red Bull career. One that Red Bull signed him, mm-hmm. and then two how successful he's been relative. You know, I'll tell you who is definitely looking at Sergio and being like, that could be me. It's a certain Australian man by the name of Daniel Ricardo. He's probably yeah. just sitting there on his race simulator, like, man. Yeah. After going to the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm acting like he's got it. He's got it rough. No, Daniel Ricardo yeah. has the best job in the world right now. <laughs> ridiculous moving on from the red bull fellas what do you think of lewis hamilton's performance it was good and it had me worried at first because i was getting flashbacks to when he was like you know maybe you just want to save the car um but yeah no i i thought he did good it's still weird to see him like south of p5 um i'm not getting used to that yet Mm -hmm. so based on just qualifying itself i was i was a little taken back by what we saw from Lewis Hamilton and how he was just struggling going into the race and the start of the race too. Uh, we saw him stuck behind, um, what was it? He was stuck behind Nico Hulkenberg for a little while there. And in, in that whole time that he was stuck behind him, we saw Carlos Sainz pit stop and then easily overtake both Lewis Hamilton yeah. and, and Nico Hulkenberg. But eventually he, he got past Hulkenberg. That was fine. And, and then we saw the pit stop around lap 40, uh, switch onto the mediums. And then he was flying. Yeah. I was like, man, where has this been Lewis? Cause, yeah. uh, it, it definitely would have, would have helped a little earlier in the race, but nah, <laughs> it's in the end. It works. It works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, no, so Lewis Hamilton, um, himself, I think turned around what would have been a pretty terrible performance, a, a rough performance for him by his standards. And yeah. put on a show at the end there. So kudos to him. Uh, we'll give him, I can't give him all the flowers. I'll give him like a single flower for, because, oh, you know, it's, it kind of averages out. You know, he, yeah. he started out rough and then, but, you know, gained a lot of positions. Uh, good overall solid job from Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, he split uh, the Ferraris. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah. And Ferrari themselves are, um, I think we did a, we did a, you, a, a separate video for Ferrari and their struggles. I think it might be time for part two of that because now I'm just confused. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I have no idea what's going on with Ferrari, but we'll, 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 we'll get back to that eventually. Yeah. Um, but no, so Lewis Hamilton himself, I think was, um, you know, put, put together an okay performance. Like I said, um, his teammate, George Russell, I think had a surprisingly good drive. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw that, that moment where, where Lewis was kind and just yeah. stepped out of the way worked out beautifully so hey things seem to be to be going pretty swell for mercedes at least the at least the drivers seem to like each other feels i still feel like swell is a strong word uh they're on the up a little bit okay yeah they're we're working we're, we're getting there we're doing okay uh, now <laughs> do you think do you think lewis likes do, do you think lewis actually likes george russell or is he just like okay this guy is cool i guess i think probably yeah more of that because I feel like Lewis genuinely liked Valtteri. Yeah. Um, I don't think he feels the same. The age gap might, you got to take into consideration. Oh, yeah. These guys are about, what, 12 years apart, yeah. something like I that. I wonder if George could, like, is the age gap big enough that George could be Lewis's son? I don't I don't think so. Lewis isn't that old. Lewis is 
38, George I mean, you don't know when he was sexually active. uh, Lewis is 38. uh, George Russell is 25, you know, 13-year age cap. Oh, so... uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Honestly, that's not that terrible. I I, I could be friends with coworkers that are 13 years older than me. But no, moving on. So I said we had... um, We talked about this kind of earlier. We said the battle for third place, I guess, because Sergio has that second place locked up. Um, Do you think Lewis can maybe start applying some pressure here to Fernando Alonso or is that is that one also locked up I feel like that one might be locked up wow okay yeah I mean I don't know. Alonso and that Aston Martin is just uh, it's really he's racking yeah. up the podiums um, yeah. yeah gotta gotta give credit where it's due there um Fernando Fernando Alonso has been thoroughly impressive and actually now that we're on the subject I I do want to talk about Fernando just a little bit okay um mainly because of one moment in particular where he's kind of been providing us some gold with these radio calls. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was a moment where he um, was apparently driving and he looked at the screen and saw, he looked at one of the screens and saw his teammate do an overtake and he got on the radio and he, he basically was like, Hey, good job on that overtake to <laughs> Lance Stroll. And I was perplexed by it. The announcers were perplexed by it. And we need to do a deep dive and figure out how exactly he was able to drive a Formula One car while also look up at one of the screens and and see his teammate do an overtake. I think he might be a god. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, But yeah, no, supportive supportive Fernando Alonso has has been winning me over as of late. So, you know, hey, I, I was honestly fairly neutral on him. I didn't really have an opinion on on Fernando. I know he's he's a legend in his own right, you know, two championships. But um, no, he's he's starting to win me over. I think it might be the old the age thing. Yeah. Once once you get up there, it turns into um, you know, angry angry millennial to to fun grandpa, even though yeah, he's forty years not old. Not giving any fucks. Um, but no, nah, impressive performance from Fernando Alonso himself. So that is our podium, though. Max Verstappen. Sergio Perez, Fernando Alonso. Oh, um, wait, there, so there is actually one more thing that I want to talk about here. And so these, this McLaren team, right? Um, I almost feel bad for what I, for what we no, for what I do here, where we <laughs> only really talk about McLaren when, when they're struggling. Yeah. Uh, so let, let me just give credit where it's due. We do, we do talk about, <laughs> funny how that works, huh? Yeah. We talk about them a lot. And we only talk about them when they're struggling. But no, for credit where it's due, last week they put together a really impressive showing. And I genuinely thought that they would be able to build from it and and keep moving from it. But uh, man, let me just get out of the way. You're the McLaren fan. What is going on with your team? I have no idea. Because also, I I felt like we didn't see them at all during this race. Like, yep. it wasn't until after the race I was like, oh, where did they actually finish? Um, I think... Obviously, they're still my team, and I'm a very faithful and loyal person. Uh, but this kind of solidified them as the Williams now. Man, um, can they at least make up their mind, though? Because I didn't like actually being, you know, having that curveball thrown last week of, oh, hey, this team might actually be making some noise here. But mm-hmm. no, we, we did not see that. Oscar Piastri himself, I thought, was starting to put together a nice string there. But uh things didn't work out for him now it could be that this was a a slight blip and a slight downturn and they you know they'll they'll work on it and and get things right for Imola but 
Um, but that overall, car is not reliable. It's the car itself is has been honestly the biggest heel because I, I, I genuinely think that Lando Norris is a good driver and yep. Oscar Piastri, although just a rookie, I have seen flashes that show me that he also is a good driver. So I think they, the team, the car, the engineers, they got to get it figured out because they're frankly wasting away the, the careers of these young, talented drivers. And I don't know how much longer they'll want to stick for it, even though they have Lando signed for, for quite a while. Just make up your mind, McLaren. That's all I ask. Don't don't fake us out and say that you might be good and then turn around and give us this performance. But no, from qualifying to the race itself, it was just, they were, they were an afterthought. And then I, I saw where they were. It's like, oh yeah, I, I forgot about McLaren. But not going to forget about them when it's time to talk about them on the podcast. Don't worry about that. Uh, but so that, that, that itself was, was fun to watch. Overall, like I said, it was an interesting race. It gave us yeah. stuff to talk about. Honestly, yeah. more interesting than Baku. My, Baku itself was a bit of a dud last week. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's because I honestly went into this race expecting it to be boring. Mm. And it, it did surpass my expectations. I went into Baku expecting a great race. And, you know, that, you know, didn't live up to expectations. So lesson learned here. Taper your expectations. Lower those expectations. Uh, yeah. Next, what are the expectations for Imola? Do you do you like that race? Of course. Everyone yeah, no, I like that race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was mm-hmm. a great race. Looking so that's that. the next one coming up on 21st. 21st? Yep. Okay. Well, it's better than the four-week gap that we got last last month. Yeah. Um, we'll... We at least uh, won't have too much trouble passing the time with that. Um, Logan Sargent, last place, home race. Yeah, yeah that was – oh, because he uh, he had a pit because he got front wing damage. Oh, right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. We saw saw the bottom three for pretty much the whole race was the, the three rookies. Um, I was – real quick, just – we'll talk about these rookies for a little bit. Nick DeVries, who out-qualified his teammate – um yuki and then just quickly fell apart there too um uh, we will we'll do a little quick deep dive on the rookies at some point uh yeah. but you know overall though the race gave us things to talk about we had things to talk about and that's really all you asked for if you're doing a formula one podcast this race was a thinker it was a thinker and on that note ladies and gentlemen that wraps up another episode of the Rev Up Podcast. Thank you for joining us as always. My name is Marwan Osman. I'm joined by Edgar O'Neill. We try and do this thing following every race, so make sure to tune in, like and subscribe, rate and review us, and we will catch you after Imola. Adios. <laughs>